0: Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Tuesday, October 10th, 2017, and this is the ride. Well, this will be a very quick one today as I spent half of my commute hanging out with Max McLean on the Bible Gateway app as he was reading to me some of Proverbs today. Proverbs is a great book. I think most of it was written by Solomon, maybe all of it. But there's places, you know, if you've read Proverbs, many of you have. You know, it kind of goes through th- through the text kind of like a checklist or a punch list. If you do this, this is what you'll expect. If you don't do this, this is what you might expect. If you seek riches, this is what you'll expect. If you are willing to part with your money and give it to the poor, you're lending it to God and he will repay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And every once in a while, the writer will throw in something. If this kind of corrupt thing is done, You might get a benefit what the bible says that yeah it's basically explaining life and there's certain places where i don't know an example might be if you curry favor with one in power you will find that life is better let's do it let's do it let's do it come on i curried favor with that guy who was just at that four-way stop. Probably will never be able to cash in on that one, but hey, I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I? Yeah, every once in a while there will be a scripture in there, and it describes the reality of our world that happens to be fallen. It, it kind of throws you off kilter there cuz you know you want to be saying yes i agree with that that's god's word there's results to decisions and we kind of know the right answer and so we're listening to or reading proverbs and yep that makes sense yep that makes sense yep that makes sense what if i do this kind of what i would call a corrupt thing it may go it may go good for me The Bible also explains some things in life. And in in those cases, I can tell which ones are a command or a... You know, Proverbs isn't just thou shall and thou shall not do these things. It's kind of a commentary on how life works. You know? If you lend to the poor, God's going to bless you. Didn't say you must but it kind of gives you encouragement to do the right thing. And also, it gives you encouragement not to do the wrong things. Withholding discipline from a child can cause them to be rebellious. Well, that's a no-brainer. But it outlines some of the things in life that, I don't know, I could say that they're unfair. Here we are trying to do the right things. Proverbs has given us great examples on what right things to do, and what things not to do. And then all of a sudden you get these little things in there that's telling us, yeah, and this is how life works. And it's not fair. Life isn't fair. In case you didn't know, life is not fair. I don't know who told us that we were supposed to tell our kids that life is fair. I hope we weren't doing that as they grew up. Life is most assuredly not fair but i'm not the judge god's the judge and i know that justice reigns so i don't have to worry in the ultimate sense about things being just god will take care of that i don't know how god makes justice happen it seems like certain things are just absolutely unfair why does one person become sick and another not Seems like that's not fair. Seems like there should be justice there to equalize things. I don't know. Sorry, but I'm about to bash on smokers. You know, you could say, well, why do I have lung cancer? That's not fair, God. And he would say, well, you know, there are some decisions that you made early on that went against the best decisions that I would have for you and when you were breathing that smoke stick it was your choice sorry but you know some unfairness in life is due to our own disobedience or our own lordship of our own life and because we're not perfect we make mistakes again no surprise there A lot of Proverbs talks about learning, gaining God's wisdom and how it would be good to do so. I think I should, I don't know. It just dawned on me that I know I fall into this category. I don't spend really good, solid, core, concentrated time in the Word of God. I don't. You could almost say I spend more time focused on a movie, than I do focused on the Word of God. And that's wrong. I mean, I guess let's put it this way. That's wrong if I want to gain wisdom from the Word of God. I already know it intellectually that there's wisdom in the Word of God. When I've done it in the past, I get stuff out of it that I never really... Noticed before. And I know you know that. And I know you have as well. But why are we drawn to stuff that's so shallow? I know I have busy days at work, and when I want to get home, I want to unplug. I want to turn my brain off. I don't want to be actively thinking about stuff. And so a lot of times I'll do some kind of media and just, you know ingest media, whatever it happens to be. I'm not saying that that's sinful. I'm just saying that that delays and stunts my mental growth because I could be excelling with the with more of the Word of God in, in me. I think I'm going to challenge myself and you at the same time. I've got an idea about what I want to do with Proverbs. But... Um, What that will entail will be some concentrated time. Sitting down, pen in hand, or laptop in hand, typing notes, whatever is necessary, to concentrate on what I'm reading. To act on it. To activate it. As I listened to Max McLean talk to me today from Proverbs, I realized that every sentence was a nugget of truth. And they were coming so fast and furious, I really wasn't able to meditate on them. They're just coming and coming and coming. So for something like that, for me, I've got to read it, or or at least you know, pause my buddy Max all the time while I just digest what was just spoken. Either way, I don't want the Bible and my time in the Word of God to be just another media that I, you know, turn my brain off and just let it flow over me. Now, there's times for that, I suppose, where, I mean, if I had to make a decision, it's probably better that I listen to Proverbs just... Wafted over me than watch some stupid movie that isn't going to fuel me. So I guess that's better. But if I want to really activate that word in me, I think it requires some renewing of my mind. It involves my mind. So thank you, Lord. The Lord just gave me something, and that is this. Many out there will say, that this whole thing is a heart thing this, this life as a believer is all heart granted the heart is like who you are right but we are multifaceted beings we've got a mind we've got a heart a soul, a physical body God wants to minister to all elements of, of who we are and we can be all heart live a life that way And refuse to let our minds be affected by the power of God. By the glory that God has. When we don't engage our mind, I think it does us a disservice. And it does our families a disservice. Imagine me, a father. And I'm all about loving Jesus. And I read the Bible, but I don't challenge my life. I don't put it into my mind. I don't let the wisdom of God affect my decisions. I simply just live and I'm in awe of how God, how good God is, but I don't put into practice the words that he's asked me to put into practice. And I'm just in love with Jesus. Do you think I'm doing my family much good? They could possibly be looking at me like you know, dad it's great that you have this awesome heart relationship with God, but, you know, what about me? As parents, we're to help them. I alluded to this on my podcast yesterday. As parents, our job is to raise up our kids enough so that they can be independent and be parents themselves or whatever it is they're called to do. But in the process of helping our children, kids mature where they're needing us less and less. Really? Yes. They have to need us less and less. Hopefully they love us more deeper and deeper as time goes by, but they need us less and less. But we're doing our kids a disservice if we don't teach them how to need God more and more. The only way that we can teach them that is if we have had our minds renewed by the word of God and we have the mind of Christ. Jesus left the disciples and said, i got to leave because you've got to lean on the Holy Spirit. You need to trust in me in a deeper way. So I'm going to leave. But I've put things into you that will help you trust in your Father, in your Heavenly Father. And we're to do that for our kids. So I didn't go to that detail yesterday, and I, I had kind of wanted to. So there you go. little nugget of awesomeness. That was a nugget of awesomeness, if I say so myself. It's not enough to just let the Word be there. The Word is active. It's a living thing. You've got to live the Word of God and activate it. A lot of times it takes more than just doing what it says, because many times we are a little concerned about whether or not we've got what it takes to to do that thing. I mean, Jesus could do it. The disciples could do it. You know, those are people that were written about in the Word of God, and we're just me. You know? How can I do that? Well, if Christ lives in you, then you have everything you need. You're actually in a position of even greater potential than the disciples. Greater things are you going to do because Christ is in you. And we already saw how the disciples changed the world. We're talking right now about Jesus Christ because of the power that he put in their lives at that time. And greater is he that is in you. So yeah, there's things in the Word of God that we feel like, eh, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I don't know if I can forgive I know the Bible says that glory will be on me if I forgive and God's glory will rest on me, but man, they did that to me. Long story short, forgiveness, always better to do it. If you don't, it'll eat you up inside. You've got to forgive. That's the one thing that you can do about a situation that might be really tough. You might not be able to easily deal with it. So you have to forgive. That means you're letting go of the judgment of that thing. You're giving that over to God, who is truly the only true judge. You have to give that over to God. Whatever that thing is, and I know it can be extremely hard, but God lives in you. If you're able to let go of certain things, if you're able to let go of that thing, You know that thing. If you can let that go and eliminate its power over your life, you know that for a long time that thing has governed your thoughts, it's governed your happiness, the kind of peace that you would ever have. That thing has been messing you over. You've got to let go of that thing. So whatever that is, I want you to take your hand out into a cup, form it into a cup. I want you to look at your hand and say, okay, this is that thing. I can see it in my hand. Some of it's so heavy you might need two hands to hold it. But in a minute you don't have to hold it any longer. Whatever that is that was wrong and it was something done to you or said about you, or whatever it was, you right now, with God's help, have the ability to let that go. So you have your hands here. What I want you to do is I want you to tip your hand over, and that thing is going to fall. You don't have to worry about what happens to it. God will take care of it. You don't have to hold it up to him. You don't have to raise it to him. You just let it fall. And he will take it. He will take it and do what needs to be done with it. But the beautiful thing is, my friends, you don't have to carry that thing any longer. Lord Jesus, we pray these things that we're letting go today, we pray that you help us understand that you can take it away, that you have already taken it away by the work you did on the cross. You took away our pain and you took away sin. And whatever wrong thing was done to us, you've taken it away and you're dealing with it the way that you're supposed to deal with it in a just way. We don't understand how, but it's not for us to figure that out. We simply give it to you right now in Jesus' name. And we ask that you would replace the void the void that that thing had filled in our heart. Lord, fill that with a knowledge of you, with your spirit, and help us to not lean on our own understanding, but just acknowledge that you filled us up. And that pain that once governed our thoughts, waking and sleeping, is gone. We thank you for being with us today. Help us walk on in confidence knowing that you've taken the place of that bad thing and you'll help us to grow every day. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my friends, you stay in the Word of God and you live in the perfect peace of the Lord God. Pray for those who persecute you. And let the Spirit speak to you through the Word of God in ways that let you change your behavior. We all want different behaviors. We all want to grow. We all want to become more mature and more wise. Great, let's activate it by faith. Let's do some of the things the Word of God says by faith, knowing that now God is working in us to bring us to new levels. I think that's a great thing. You need to know that every day, God is bringing you to new levels. Hey, you let go of that thing today. You are at a new level. It's an exciting day today, a brand new day. Can't wait for the next one. So I will see you on the flip.